Transferring wealth successfully starts with asking yourself questions that will give your family a better life now and for generations to come. In this podcast, financial professionals John and Michael from Copper Beach Financial Group guide you through eye-opening questions to help you discover the truth about your wealth. Now, on to the show. Hello and welcome to The Truth About Wealth with John and Michael Paris of Copper Beach Financial Group. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hey guys, how are you? Hey Wendy. Hey Wendy, we're doing great. All right, good to hear you, good to see you, and we have a guest today. Yes, we do. We have uh, Alex Kirby, the CEO of Total Family Management uh, with us today. He's going to be a guest that's going to really I think it's going to be, this is going to be an exciting podcast. I've been looking forward to it for a while, but uh, Alex, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So Alex, we met actually through a colleague advisor, I think probably what's almost six months ago now, I think. And and we've had some, quite a few really good conversations. And and when I met you, Alex, I thought kind of instantly that this, you know, your company does, I think, very unique things in our industry. And on top of that, I thought it would just be a great podcast and and be a great avenue for our listeners to kind of learn about you, your background, and your company. So, you know, I've been excited to, to have you. Thanks thanks again for being here. Yeah, thanks, Alex. Yeah, thanks, guys. We got introduced by a, a really cool firm out on the West Coast, and um, they had wonderful things to say about about your firm. So it's always nice to meet uh, like-minded people in in this space. Yeah, no, it's uh, it, it's great. I love the collegiality between us all. It's, it's, uh, it's wonderful. So, Alex, let's let's jump into it. Why don't you take maybe a couple minutes and and give our audience a little bit of your backgrounds, where you come from, how you started Total Family Management, and we'll we'll take it from there. Sure. Yeah. TFM. We just go by TFM most of the time to make make it easy on you guys. And and the simplest way to think about what we do is private virtual family coaching in the wealth space. Uh, where most of our clients come from, sometimes it's you know through estate attorneys, family offices, or or wealth firms like yourselves. Sometimes we're classified as family governance. Sometimes we're classified as family dynamics. But really, what we're doing is private virtual family coaching with individual households, sometimes larger kind of system families. And we've been at it for you know over a couple of years now. We have we have clients all over the U.S. And uh, it's been a really fun, exciting journey getting a chance to help families. I know you asked about kind of the background for me or the background of TFM. I've spent most of my career in leadership development. I've done it at, at big company, small company as a consultant. And one of the things that that came became really clear to me was that a lot of the frameworks and development concepts that are normally reserved for companies or businesses are applicable to families, especially when you start to think of families as a team. And we very much think of families as a team. And the second piece of that is so many people rank family as the most important thing in their life. You can go all around the world to countries that can't agree on anything and you can ask them, you know, hey, aren't teenagers kind of a pain in the butt? And you'll get some agreement, right? And if you're going to start somewhere, you know, our theory on on this family thing is if it's so important to everyone and we're going to work on our communication, for example, 
people will go do communication exercises at work for a company that they might stay at for a few months or a couple of years. But if you're going to start, if you're going to work on communication, why not do it with the most important team you'll ever be on? Start in the area of your life that's most important. If we were remodeling a house, we might start by saying, well, what's like the most important room? Where are we spending most of our time? Oh, the kitchen. Like, let's re- let's start in the kitchen because we spend all of our time there. When I think about where a lot of these resources go to, I feel like we're remodeling like the guest, we're putting new carpet in the guest bedroom and no one's ever really going to see it. So we're trying to take a lot of the concepts that we know work and then bring them to an area of people's life that they value the most. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I, well, I love that analogy. Number one, that's, it's a great one. Cause yeah, I do spend most of the time or we spend most of the time in the kitchen. <laughs> so that's, that's we are Italians. Most we are Italians. That's what Italians yeah. live in the kitchen. Yeah. That's for sure. Yep. So yeah, no, I love this, but I, I, I love, um, you know, when we were first talking, Alex, the kind of the, the framework or the process that, that you guys have built. And, and I'm hoping you can get into this in a little bit more detail too, because, you know, it's 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 very systematized. I like how you lay things out because you know we're all busy. It's hard to find the time to address some of these issues as as a family. But you guys, I feel like, have really systematized this in in a, in a good way. So I was hoping you could take a, a couple minutes and really outline sort of how you guys operate with a new family that's that that's coming on board with you guys. Sure. Yeah. You know, the, the, the first thing with family coaching that I think is really important is we view it as a tool for families to stay healthy. Just like Michael, it wouldn't be weird if you, if you told us that you went to the gym, we would just process that and say, oh, he, you know, he cares about his physical health. So, so for family coaching, it's families that care about their dynamic, about the dynamic of their team, of their most important team. And they want to ensure that it stays healthy. That's all it is. Uh, a lot of times people come to us and we'll hear things like, oh, I got this really complicated, complex family. And, and we take those on, of course, but there's no negative connotations of family coaching. It's, it, it's for families that want to want to be healthy, stay healthy. Everything, uh, as I said earlier, everything we do is virtual. And we do that for a number of reasons. The first is families are just really busy. Uh, it's hard to find time to, you know, I, I don't know your guys break down of virtual to in-person meetings, but COVID really opened opened the, the floodgates for this. And having virtual interactions with people you know it is better than not having the interactions at all. And And the thing that we like about it is it doesn't put so much pressure on like a family meeting or a conversation, right? If everyone is flying in to to meet somewhere for two days, it's a lot of pressure on an interaction. So when we when we're trying to help families, we're we're trying to do it a little bit at a time. And every family starts the same way with us. Every household. Uh, when I say family, I'm really talking about about households. So John, you're you're a household. Michael, you're a household. Wendy, your household. And in that first year, we meet, we do eight workshops with a family. And what we're trying to do is build a foundation in a common language so that both the family can interact as a unit, but also 
as you think about those multiple generations, they you get a common language to talk about that stuff in a much broader sense. And in those workshops, we uh, were trying to build trust with their family coach. We're talking about the roles that they play that are most important to them. These roles are constantly changing. You know, for John, at one point, you weren't a grandparent. Then one day you were. And that likely became a really important role and it probably shifted some of the things that were going on. We talk about family values, about their relationships, their communication. We talk about the rituals, both on a like a day-to-day sort of weekly basis and an annual basis, like you know, family holidays and things like that, uh, an area of family life that that has a lot of conflict in it. We talk about favorite things, things that we want to remember uh, that bring color into how we think about people. And then we talk a lot about goals and where these families want to go. So we put a lot of thought into this first foundational year. And then after that, it's really up to the family because, you know, after that first year, we have a lot of information. We have a lot of ideas and we're following the lead of the family for them to tell us, you know, what's important to them, what direction we want to go. And their coach stays with them the whole time. Yeah, that's fascinating to us because we we dabble in that routinely with families, but obviously we don't have all the expertise that you have. Is, is there a case study that you can share with us today, Alex, that that help kind of open those gates for the listeners? Yeah, yeah. I you know listened to a couple of your podcasts, so I wanted to bring at least an example that we can we can think about. So, who we're talking about today is a it's a family business. It's two generations in the business. Started by a patriarch. Now in his late 50s, the patriarch, they have four kids. Two of the kids are in the business. The mom, the matriarch, very much the CEO of the family, but doesn't have a formal role in the business. And the business is 100% owned by the father. So I thought, you know, using that as a kind of a lens, we could talk about, you know, a bunch of different things. Yeah, that's, I mean, well, that's right up our alley. If you listen to some of our podcasts, then yeah, you you probably got that sense. I mean, yeah, I'd love to, you know, I, I'd love to to kind of get, you know, obviously you're under, I'm sure, confidential confidentiality with regard to, you know, what you can share, but, you know, how, how you guys might approach that type of situation or fact pattern and what you got, you know, what their struggles were and how you guys you know, res- or helped resolve them, or at least working through that process would be great to hear. Yeah. You know, this is a common thing that that gets brought to us where you have a situation like the one I described. And, you know, you guys tell me if you, you've heard something like this before, but it's a version of we're leaving the kids a lot of money. We don't want them to make bad decisions. Sometimes it's the kids don't know how much money is coming. Sometimes they do. Sometimes it's a situation where it's getting divided evenly. Sometimes it's not. Um, And we're not sure how to tell them. Have you encountered these type of of things from daily? (laughs) (laughs) All the time. All the time. That's part of of our conversation that it's routine for us to go through that. And you're correct, Alex. That's very stressful for families to kind of put their arms around those issues. Because as you know, every family is different. They have different personalities and it's hard to get a simple answer to them. So we customize every one of those conversations with families with certain needs and objectives. Yeah. I mean, I think, I think just along those lines, I can't really think of a, 
family that we work with and and there's probably good reason for this because if they did think this way we probably wouldn't work with them but you know pretty much every family we work with is very concerned about that that scenario alex if they have a lot of financial capital and, and they don't want that to be a burden on the next generation or future generations and it, it is complicated and i think it's really more about how you handle that situation you see a lot of different fa- you see some families become very um reserved you know, mm-hmm. let's say the matriarch or patriarch, because they don't want to share that information with the next generation for fear of, you know, creating entitlement issues or or what have you there. And then you see the other side that, you know, it's kind of where we, I think, live a little bit more is, well, it's it's going to be the next generation's responsibility at some point to manage all this. So let's let's develop a process where we're not opening the floodgates and, you know, trying to tell them everything all at once, but let's ed- develop an educational process so that when the time comes, they have a a baseline understanding and and an education on how to manage that. So that's kind of where where we live or we try to live. I don't know how how you guys approach that, at least with with this uh, client of yours. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add a piece of that before you jump in, Alex. We refer to that initial conversation with the client as, listen, it's not their fault that you created this wealth. And we refer to the, the children or the generations as immigrants to that wealth. Think about an immigrant comes to a country. They come to a country, all, 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 it's there. It's built already. They just they just enjoy being part of that. Children are the same. They, they Their families created wealth and they're immigrants to that. Their values are a little different. So we, get a, we start with, you know, that it's a reality they have to face. It's a reality that they have to deal with, but they shouldn't be afraid of it. Because they, it's not anyone's fault other than theirs that they created that wealth, but now they have it. Now, what do you do with it? All so, family is a lot of times too. Yeah, even you yeah. know, all the generations are immigrant because they you know, oftentimes the first generation might not have grown up in that Correct. world either. So you know they're they're trying to adapt to it all at the same time. So you know, like you said, it's a, it's a complicated process. Yeah, and and I think it's really you know when you say process, it's. You know, it, uh, it, imagine if our response to to what, hearing something like that was, oh yeah, yeah, we know how to handle that. Let's have a one hour meeting and we'll fix it all. No, right? That's not a realistic. No one would buy that, even if we said it, right? Um, so I I think to us, it's a it's a communicate. We're talking about communication, and there isn't a good. There's no great teams that aren't great communicators. You have to communicate well. And when we get a problem like that, to, to me, to use like the gym analogy again, taking, you know, whether it's a complicated estate problem or a big money problem or something related to, you know, the transference of the ownership of the business, that is like walking into the gym and lifting the heaviest possible weight you can find the first time you go in there. It, it to me feels right. like a way to get hurt. It feels like a way to not work yourself into it. And, and sometimes there's, there's time constraints, right? Sometimes something's happening that the conversation has to move at a certain pace, but a lot of times there isn't. And working up to these conversations are families are very open to this. So when we get that, that type of question, we start by just saying, like, how are you communicating right now? 
Give us some examples about how decisions are made sort of in this family unit. Do you communicate with all the kids the same? You know, are all the kids sort of, are you on the same level with all the kids? Are there some that are easier to to talk to? And then we might even go into specific examples to say, well, tell us how you handled some of this money stuff in the past. You know, we might get answers like, oh, we don't talk about it at all. Or they have had some conversations and they're a little bit further down the road than we realize. But how families talk about money, how families handle holiday stress, how families handle, you know, parenting conflicts and things like that. These are all just clues as to sort of where they are in this journey of, of communication as a family. And we just don't think it, it serves the family well to try to start with the hardest possible conversation we could find. Yeah. I mean, I a hundred percent agree this, the, these issues are, you know, oftentimes fully ingrained or, you know, over a lifetime sometimes. And so, to, yeah, to your point, to try to do that in an hour phone call is is unrealistic for sure. I, I'm interested, though, if to expand on that a little bit, Alex, is how, yeah, I mean, listen, we live in a world where we all want instant gratification in a lot of ways. And these issues, you know, really can't, I don't think, to your point, be f- fleshed out within a, you know, a Google search as an example. So how, mm-hmm. like, what struggles do you guys have with that? And, and how do you guys work through that with a family who maybe wants to get a resolution to whatever issue that family's dealing with? And how do you guys handle that? Well, one of the ways that you can do it is by being inquisitive as to sort of the work that has already been done. Right. So um, there is a lot of, of marketing language in the wealth industry about uh, we do mission statements and we do values and we do all these different things. A lot of people tout that they do that. But when we look under the hood, we don't see it. And we feel like sometimes it's a sales tactic by firms to say, oh, we help you with all these other things, but they don't really, the families don't really feel it. So when we talk about vision, that is a great place to start with almost any family. And in that conversation, in this example, we would start with vision. So I'll, I'll just ask you guys, I got a couple of questions for you along the way, but do you have a, a definition of vision that you use at Copper Beach or that the, the, the two of you kind of use when you're talking about that word? It's a good question. As it relates to to our family or the business specifically, or or just in general? Yeah, either. Yeah, it could be business, could be family, just, you know, just in general. And if you don't, that's okay. I, I have one for you. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't know if we've ever had a, a conversation about that where we've defined it. I mean, I would imagine, you know, it it changes or it could be, We I'm sure we'd have a different definition perhaps. That G1 to G2. G1 yeah. to G2, you know, your vision yep. is probably, you know, again, maybe where you are in your life would be, I'm sure, different than where mine is. But I don't think we've had a a firm conversation around that. Well, what, 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 what clients or prospects or people that want to know about Copper Beach, they ask, like, what do we do? And we narrowed it down to that vision statement. I'll, I'll refer to it as a vision statement. We help families create wealth with asset protection, with tax efficiencies and governance through the generations where we create 100-year families. That's mm-hmm. our Bishop, that's our vision that we have here at Copper Beach. And it gets right down to it because that there's a lot that and that's 
30 yeah, 10 second commercial, but that's how we introduced the vision of what we do here at Copper Beach. And we work with tons of firms that have, you know, modifications of that, that are doing this type of work and doing it pretty well. They have different definitions of vision and mission and value and, and that type right. of stuff. So we try to build on it all because, you know, to us, it's like, if you're having the conversation, that's good, right? Let's not get wrapped up in what's right or wrong because there isn't really a right or wrong in, mm-hmm. in this type of work. But the the vision, the definition of vision that we borrowed from from Jim Collins is vision equals purpose plus values plus goals. Vision equals purpose plus values plus goals. And when we're talking to a family, this is a place that we start. Uh, You can think about purpose like a North Star. It might not be something that you achieve. It's something that kind of guides your decisions. You know, John used 100 years looking out far out in the distance the your values are these things that you hold most dear that are your guardrails we start if families don't have values tfm we tfm we have 72 values that we start with when we have our values conversation and they're all great words but there's no way to be all 72 of them all the time right? You can't have 72 priorities as a business. You can't have 72 values as as a family or as a company. And then goals are kind of bigger picture ambitions. They could be for an individual, could be for a couple, could be for the household or, or the entire family. Um, and if you think about what, what the family kind of came to us with, it's very much a goal. And it's very much a specific thing that they're trying to accomplish, you know, like, like successfully transfer the business or, or get the estate in order or have a communication. But we sort of start by broadening out the conversation to say, Hey, just before we, we dive into this, can we make sure that we have alignment on the bigger picture direction that, that we're going in? Yeah, this is. I mean, it's fascinating. My brain's kind of going in 50 different directions. Uh, and again, I I find this really unique. It just the how, you know, your process that you go through um, is is I think is really. I mean, I can't think of of really many firms out there that are doing what what you guys are doing in the way that you're doing it. Of course, there's you know there's there's counselors out there, of course, but but you know not as uh, systematized as I think how you guys are. Are putting it together, um, and I love that you know the conversation of vision, and, and I love that definition of it too. That's that's wonderful. Uh, Alex, talk a little bit about your team. You know, if a family is working with you guys, you know they have a, a dedicated coach, I believe. Who have you brought on your team to kind of help families go through some of these issues? Yeah. Um, so, so really quick, you know, you like system. You use the term systematized. One of the things we we sort of want to be is a scalable version of this, right? Because the the work that that gets done, if you don't have a way to scale it, then you end up, and this is true of many firms that we work with, they might have, you know, 100 clients or 100 households or 200 households, but they, they can only deliver it to a small portion of them because it's very labor intensive, it's expensive, it's time consuming, all this kind of stuff. So by our service being both virtual and 
uh, Michael, we talked a little bit about our software. We built a mm-hmm. software that makes it really easy to work with us and we capture all the stuff that we're doing. So when you're doing this type of work with us, it doesn't go on a post-it and then go into a drawer. It goes into this really cool interactive family-specific site where you can build and see your progress over time. So I do think it's systematized, but I also think it's scaled in a way that any firm could offer it to their top clients. They could offer it to all, you know, all of their clients. We have some firms that include it in their kind of management fee, depending on how they do their billing. We have some firms that just offer us as a resource to their clients, but the scalability portion of what we're doing here is, is really, really important. And the collaborative nature of how we work with our firms, I think is a breath of fresh air to, you know, guys like you, because we're not, we're not trying to cancel out any of the amazing work that has already been done. We're trying to yes and all that type of stuff. So I just say that as a way that we think about this type of work. Our coaches are, there's tons of coaching designations. We haven't really found one, honestly, that we think is creating better coaches than others. But our coaches tend to have uh, advanced degrees, so master's degrees in things like psychology, social work. They may have spent a lot of time in, in education. And what we're looking for in our coaches are people who are are very empathetic. They're great listeners. They have an ability to connect with a family on a on a different level. And our coaches on average are talking like 20% of the time in our workshops. So their job is to ask families questions. That's really their job, to listen and ask questions. You know, if you if you think about your own kids, right, or your own family, there's not really a question that I could ask you guys about your family that you wouldn't be able to answer. You have all the answers in your heart, in your mind, about your family, about what you want it to be, about the direction you want it to go. So we're trying to take people down this path of like this of discovery and of asking good questions because we don't particularly have a we don't have a, a definition of success for a family that we work with. We're trying to help them find that for themselves. And the only way to do that is to ask really good questions um, and to, you know, I, I can't say enough about our coaches. We have coaches all over the US. They are really, really special people. And every single TFM family that you talk to will swear that their coach is, is the best coach. And I think <laughs> that's, that's just a testament to um, how serious they take the work that they do. Yeah, that's awesome. That's really awesome. You mentioned the software, Alex. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, because that was something I wanted to ask you about is do do your do your clients get a um, like a website to log into where they they see some of the I guess the summaries that your coaches are putting together maybe expand on that a little bit for our listeners if you can yeah sure the software is called relate and both your coach and the family is going to be in that software so if we wanted it to do really two things one the first problem it, it solves is how easy can we make it for the coaches and for the families to work with us? So when they, you know, we're doing this on Zoom, when our families go into, into Relate, they don't sign into a separate video software. Everything is in Relate. 
They schedule with their coach and relate. They see everything that they've done and relate. And the coach and the family can take notes in this software. So it's it's very, very simple to just jump in, schedule, reschedule, find time that's going to fit. Because when you hit, you know, schedule your values workshop, your coach's schedule pops up, you grab the time, you know, and you're done. There isn't a lot of back and forth. We want it to be super practical for families. And then, you know, number two, we wanted families to be able to to both reference the material that they were creating for their own family and see some progress as a family. If you look into the science of motivation, one of the things that is really important, and we're going to talk about a couple of these, one of, one of them is aut- autonomy. And the other one is mastery, this idea that you need to see yourself making progress. You know, there, if you, if you guys are, you know, have ever mowed a lawn, you know, the feeling of like seeing the, you know, the lines in the lawn as you're going through, that's the feeling of progress. And families very much are missing that in their life. It's very hard to just look and be like, are we, are we better this year than we were last year? I don't really know. And so we wanted to find a way to do that for families to make them feel progress. Alex, after the after the first year, I'm using as an example, is pretty much over with with the coach of the family. How, how many stay stay with you beyond that year? And if they if they don't, how do you keep in touch with them? Is there a process you use? Yeah, you know the simplest way to think about it is a is a membership. So they're staying and they can stay in the software. For $199 for their household. Okay. And, and they're staying in it because they have really cool stuff in there. You know, that's like where they see their family values and where they see all of their stuff. So think about that as a membership, John. And then as a member, you know, at, at, with that membership, we have events for virtual events for, for our clients. Um, and they have some, you know, some perks of just being a member. Um, and then they can buy four workshops at a time, or they can buy individual workshops, or they can buy group workshops. And, um, you know, our goal really is to be with the family when they, when they need us. I'm going to use the, the personal training analogy again. Sometimes you're like really excited and you want to go do a bunch of classes. And then, you know, it's like the summertime and you're like, oh, we're going to take some vacation. That yeah, sounds like me, Alex. <laughs> it, right, exactly. It's, it's everyone though. And you want to be able to jump back in and not feel guilty about it. Like we don't try to put pressure on families in any way, because just the fact that they're showing up and having this conversation for 90 minutes is time they will never regret. And we're just happy they're there. So after that first year, sometimes, you know, I I think quarterly is very common amongst our clients. But some families will just say, hey, we want to stay in the software and maybe we'll do, you know, we'll schedule a workshop in six months about some of the kids, stuff we got going on with the kids. Or, hey, we're going to take a year off. We just feel overwhelmed and we're going to travel a lot. Or they'll have something going on and they want to spend more and more time with their coach. The first year is about building that common language. And then after that, we want to just sort of meet the family where they are and and just stay in the journey with them. Yeah, this is great. Alex, I... I, I wish we had a little bit more time today, uh, but I think we're running up against it. But I did want to give you kind of one final, I, I guess, um, you know, point that you could make in terms of your business or anything we didn't cover today that you think is really important for our listeners to hear. It great to hear it. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to go back to, you know, our case study for a second. And um, and as we said, we have, you know, we we started with vision with this with this family. So so one of the things that we feel that gets lost sometimes in these family businesses is the vision work many times gets done on the business. So, so it's very common for businesses to have values and vision and all this kind of stuff. Yep. But in this case, what they found or what, what we kind of pointed out was, was two things. One, only 50% of the kids were working in, in the business. So this business had done all that work, but only 50% of the kids got to participate in it, which is totally fine because you know it's it, it was related to the business. But when we shifted it, when we started to think about why we should also do this work with the family, the one thing that jumped out to us was, what about the matriarch, the CEO of the family? She didn't participate in, in the business exercises. So now we're, we're sort of eliminating both kids. And if we don't do it with the family, we're kind of missing the CEO in our personal life. Like I, I'm pretty sure she has some thoughts sure. into, into where this family should go. So I wanted to just leave you with this vision of this family so that you could get a sense of what would guide them going forward and what an output from a year of this type of work might, might look like. And there's a lot, but I'm, I created a simplified version of it. So the purpose, again, the North Star was work hard with a kind heart. Work hard with a kind heart was a purpose statement. A purpose statement for us should last 100 years. So it's very possible, John and Mike, that you guys could have the same purpose statement, that, that, that John, you came up with a purpose statement like this, and that Michael could look at it, agree with it, but still have the autonomy to go about it in his own way, right? Work hard with a kind heart. You can do that in wealth management. You can do that in the family business. You can do that as a social worker, right? So, so the person still has the leeway to pursue the vision and the, the purpose in their own way. The values for this family, gratitude, responsibility, faith, and adventure. Gratitude, responsibility, faith, and adventure. Those are the values of the patriarch and the matriarch, not the values of the next generation. You don't get to decide what your kids' values are. John, you probably know this. You yep. get to raise them. You get to influence them. You get to lead by example. But you can't decide what your kids' values are. So this is an opportunity for the patriarch and matriarch to go first, to say, this is what's important to us. We want to know what's important to you guys. You tell us our values. And most of the time, the values are inspired by the generation that came before them, right? We hear a lot of kids say, you know, Hard work is a value, and I learned that from my parents. Or gratitude is a value, and I learned that from seeing my parents do blank. And then the last piece was goals. So they had two goals. One, be amazing grandparents. That was their, they, they did uh, kind of like couple goals, the patriarch and matriarch. And then two, utilize the business, the family's greatest asset for the greatest possible good of the family. And they delivered this message to their kids because that starts to frame the common language of kids getting on the same page and um, 
And to me, it was a great example of what, you know, a vision can look like for a family, purpose, values, and goals. Yeah. Alex, that's awesome. Uh, really, that's really fantastic. Yeah. That. yeah. Well, I, again, I, I, I wish we had a little bit more time Alex, but we'll definitely have to have you on, on in the future. And Absolutely. Come, in, come on back. Yeah. To dig in a little more, but I want to thank you for, you know, your time. I know you're a busy guy and, and I think our listeners really got a lot out of this. We got a lot out of this. So thank you so much for, for being a part of it uh, today. Thanks Alex. Yeah. Thanks guys. Thank you, all of you. Thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Truth About Wealth podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Copper Beach Financial Group. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. This material is for informational purposes only. Neither APFS nor its representatives provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Please consult your own tax, legal, or accounting professional before making any decisions. Copper Beach is not affiliated with American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Securities offered through American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc., a member of FINRA SIPC, Investment Advisory and Financial Planning Services offered through American Portfolio Advisors, Inc., an SCC-registered investment advisor. These opinions are subject to change at any time without notice. Any comments or postings are provided for informational purposes only and do not constitute an offer or a recommendation to buy or sell securities or other financial instruments. Readers should conduct their own review and exercise judgment prior to investing. Investments are not guaranteed, involve risk, and may result in a loss of principal. Past performance does not guarantee future results. Investments are not suitable for all types of investors. Copper Beach is an unaffiliated entity of American Portfolios Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolios Advisors, Inc. Any opinion expressed in this forum is not the opinions of American Portfolio Financial Services, Inc. and American Portfolio Advisors, Inc. and have not been reviewed by the firm for completeness or accuracy. American Portfolios and Copper Beach Financial Group are not affiliated with any other named business entities mentioned.